Hello and welcome to the Do Show, everyone. The Do Show. The Do Show. We are on to. Uh, actually, this isn't even the Do Show right now. This is an ish, isn't it? <laughs> how do you say How do you say ish in uh, French? <laughs> do not insult my people. They seem sounds. <laughs> we are Canada. Canada is us in disguise. Do not let them know. <laughs> All right. Well, this is the Dell Show, guys. I am your host, as always, Gianni P. Or actually with a French Jean-Pierre. Jean and uh, with me, as always, is the uh, the ghost post, Ryan Burke. I don't get a cool French name. <laughs> the ghost la la pose. <laughs> and then also we have a uh, high eyebrowed Little baby caca French Alex Mackley. Ellie Mackley. Giuseppe. Giuseppe is an Italian name. That's me in Italia, yes. Giuseppe. You're just going to switch accents. All right. So, uh, like I said, guys, this is an ish. And uh, we are talking about Banksy again. And Ryan, how does Banksy tie into The Simpsons again? Well, he did the couch gag. Yes. And guest animated. By this time, you, you guys have heard that episode by this time. Today, we are getting into a topic that I originally found out about just one, and it was a really interesting topic, and I thought we should talk about this. But then, looking into it, there was a lot more to talk about. We're talking about stolen Banksy's. Stolen Banksy's is what we're doing. With great power comes great responsibility. And with great street art anonymity comes great street art theft. With an authenticated Banksy going for absolutely mind-boggling prices, I can see why some people might take the chance to do some thievery. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, Gosh. man. I've thought about it. Side note. just got a poster recently and it got a little like a ticket of authenticity with it and then the artist has just got picked up by like slightly stupid and subline with roma to make official concert posts so i'm like really Ooh. and you it came see that's the thing if it comes with the authenticity then it's worth more and with banksy if you get a piece or see a piece it doesn't have a it doesn't have a piece of paper on the wall that says authenticated by blah 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 the way that Banksy pieces are usually authenticated is either through his website or his Instagram account. And him going, yeah, that was me. What's up? Yeah, exactly. And now usually it seems like once that is done, once it's posted online and people are like, oh, that's a real one. Some people go crazy with it. And I have uh, here. People we have, want some money. We have six different situations where people want us some money. So. I guess we can just get into the first one, right? Hit the first one. So for the first one we have here, in two, uh, late 2019, the Centre uh Museum in Paris reported that a Banksy piece had been stolen from them. Uh, it was a stenciled image. Well, not stolen from them, but stolen in general. It was a stenciled image of, you guessed it, a rat, and it had a mask over its face, and it was carrying a box cutter, but like, you know, think of like a human sized box cutter with a rat carrying it. So it's kind of bigger to the rat. Uh, and but it wasn't in the museum. It wasn't. 
It was on the museum. No. Yeah, it wasn't an exhibit of the, it wasn't even on the building of the museum. It was just placed on a billboard that was on one side of the museum. And like, you know, talking about Banksy conspiracies, that billboard was blank as fuck for that tag to go on. It's not like he went over some sort of advertisement, you know, it was just blank gray billboard and he put his piece over it. For Banksy. And, kind of, I guess. Maybe did Banksy get permission? This is all conspiracy stuff. If, over time, we'll talk about these same things. But um, it wasn't actually an exhibit of the museum. It was on the billboard on one side of it. And the museum was so proud to have, uh, you know, a Banksy piece near their location. They covered it in plexiglass to avoid any vandalism on the vandalism, you know? Um, and like we were saying before, the irony the, is, <laughs> yes, make sure no one vandalizes the vandalism. Uh, but the piece was authenticated, like we were talking about earlier, by Banksy. And it was through his Instagram account. And he does this all, all the time. You know, street art is very known for you put it up on the wall, you take a picture of it. And then after that, whatever fucking happens, happens. So they put the plexiglass on it. Because they wanted to protect it, you know? They wanted to protect it. They're trying to capitalize on his art. Yeah. In the end, what happened? In the end, some motherfuckers just came up, just cut. They cut around the plexiglass with a saw and took the whole fucking piece of the billboard. And then, uh, you know, obviously Banksy putting it on his Instagram made it a very desirable part of that billboard. And then um, the museum ended up filing a legal complaint, but is not sure if the piece has ever resurfaced. And that was in 2019. And sometimes these things don't resurface for like a decade. They got to go through a few different hands, be sold a few different times. And then all of a sudden someone's like, hey, I don't want this. Yeah, it's like you're, you know you're not supposed to have it. You know, you have to give it time until people forget about it, until you can put it on the most fancy, posh fucking auction house in London to get rid of it. But that's just that's just the first one. And there is many more to come. So the second one that I have here is talking about the uh, just thinking about the story of how it got from where Banksy put it to where it ended up being. This one is not a oh of someone took it and left it at a friend's warehouse and blah blah blah. This has to do with like severe conflict in a war torn area. Uh, oh, let me take it away. You know what I love is a war torn nation. Something about it just gets my juices fucking. Well, tripping. do do you know do you know uh, anything about the separation barrier in uh, like the Bethlehem area, west of Bethlehem, over between uh, Gaza and the Palestinians and the Israeli people? Oh boy, do I know a little bit about that little hot contested spot. Take it away, Alex. So, 
starting off with the art of it. So uh, we've got uh, in 2007, a Banksy pops up and it's a rat holding a slingshot of David versus Goliath. One of one of the Jewish people's most like just like stories of, you know, it's a, a quintessential story of the little dude sticking it to the man. Like, is that is that uh, is that Jewish? Is that First Testament? Yeah, oh, fuck yeah, that's first testament. Oh bro. yeah, if it was if it was second testament, it'd be Jesus yeah, I mean, v Goliath. Yeah, and then he would sit down and try to share tea with him, and I do that. <laughs> and I get crushed. I get crushed a lot. It's fine. Like the, the whole thing. Also, I just wanted to mention they always say David and Goliath, like they were some kind of like duo. Uh, like they were yeah, these, like no, a it was Tom David Sawyer and Huck v. Goliath. This yeah, is more like this should be versus. more like a fucking like WWE matchup, like or fucking like uh, and UFC in the red match, corner. Like, title cards coming out. <laughs> you know, two armies matching up against it. There's actually a good uh, going back to France. There's a story. France has their own version of this story. Uh, big opposing armies coming in. They want to fight the French and take over France. And France is like, we will put one of our little girls up against your strongest man, and whoever wins is wins this war no fight no punches drawn and they're like all right sure send in this big dude send in this little girl the french had just figured out magnets so they're hidden magnets in the floor and they've got this giant steel bar but it's mostly empty and hollow and they have the little girl go up pick it up lift it up or above her head like it's nothing cool whatever she throws it back down on the floor and someone behind the scenes flips a switch and as they flip the switch, the magnets turn on. The dude comes up to try to pull this bar up and it will not budge. And everyone's looking around like, oh, what the fuck? And this throws <laughs> a few more times. And eventually that army's like, we can't eat. Our strongest guy isn't even as strong as their like, smallest girl. We got to go. Like, get the fuck out. And so they the scammed them out of a war? Yeah, that is the French uh, <laughs> David versus Goliath story right there. I was um, just watching Marvel movies, and that is exactly what they did at the party with Thor's hammer. Like, oh, see if you can lift it. Who's the strongest one? Uh, that's fucking funny that the French had their own David v. Goliath. There's probably like Marie versus... What's a big, strong French man name? Probably, it wouldn't be a French... It wouldn't be a French man because it'd be one of their enemies. <laughs> uh, Gutenheim? Gutenheim. I'd probably be German. Let's be real. Look at the hit. Let's look at the history of Europe. It's probably going to be a German person. But um, so back to the separation barrier in the West Bank of Bethlehem. Yes, that Bethlehem. And yeah, so the a the the a sling uh, rat holding a slingshot, very similar to like the David versus Goliath. Uh, and this was to represent and symbolize the conflict in between Israel and Palestinian as the Palestinians want to be. Uh, they just want to recognized home. as a state while Israel says that, no, that is all Israel. Um, Israel did not exist as a full on nation state until after World War Two. And uh, it was kind of established that, you know, you know, we've got about, what, 3000 years of written history. And every time the Jews get shit on by whoever's in control of the area they're at, the Jews, the Jews need a little bit of stability for themselves. And the Western allies decide to give the Jewish people uh, territorial claim to Israel. 
this pisses a lot of people off more people uh more than um again it's one of those things there's this is a very uh religious land with a lot of very differing religious views a lot of people yes. pointing fingers and saying these people are to blame for all of our problems and just flinging mud and shit at each other and stones and rockets and people with bombs and this is a madhouse region a lot of explosions going around all the time yeah and that is exactly why well i think i can't speak for the man or men uh i think that's why banksy put his piece there right on the edge of the conflict with the david and goliath kind of thing uh obviously you can see why that makes sense david v goliath fight first fight giant fucking damn near bigger than a Berlin wall going through the area. But when Banksy put his piece out, uh, it was quote unquote heavy, quote unquote relocated to Tel Aviv, where it now sits in a very urban gallery in the financial district of Tel Aviv, which is, you know, about an hour from its original location. But also you don't know how traffic goes in that area. You know, very strange. So the hour plus trip from location A to location B is a very strange, mysterious thing. It would have had to pass through what's called Israel's serpentine barrier, which I imagine just being a very uh, windy road that is not easy to get around. No, there's actually a giant serpent surrounding them that uh, has many heads and a giant snake. <laughs> like you tried to get again. This Israel. is I'm, I'm pretty from what I've been told from the Middle East. I imagine it more as like an anime battleground than like an actual living habitat for humans. Yeah. Oh, totally. From what I've seen, it does kind of seem like that. But they would have to go through that barrier and at least at least one military checkpoint. And it's like. You're going from Bethlehem all the way through to the other side to Tel Aviv. And it's like, oh, um, what's in the back of the uh, truck there, guys? It's like, oh, that it's our uh, pet uh, pet rock. It's our 900 pound pet rock with a rat on it. Listen, listen, listen. It's just they're very into magical special pet rocks in that region. They are willing to kill each other for them. <laughs> I mean, honestly, going through that military checkpoint doesn't make sense because you could have been sleeping under that 900 pound rock and still knew to look at that and be like, oh, that's a Banksy. That's not a rock. That's an extremely expensive piece of art you're stealing. Um. But yeah, so the art was sprayed on a concrete block that was uh, part of an abandoned outpost next to the larger portion that got a lot bigger of the separation barrier. And the representative of the gallery now displaying the piece doesn't really want to give a lot of information uh, other than it was legally purchased from a dealer in Bethlehem. No price, no name of the dealer. Just hey, yeah, I'm a legal art dealer. It's legal. Don't worry it's about legal. it. No, yeah, no I, I got, got it legally. I printed out some papers that say it's fine, so this is fine. Look at this. Look at this certificate I got. It says it's legal. Uh, so <laughs> getting things through the border, like I said, is not easy. But the gallery owner is like, eh, the dealer, the legal dealer I bought it from, he legally transported it through these military checks legally. Yeah. So the guy is just like, that's legal. It's fine. It's all legal. It's fine. I like and how he got real like Italian and, and 
I can only, I can only use so many voices. That, listen, no, it's Johnny, okay. you've got the biggest range of like diverse. Like, if I do a Middle Eastern voice, it's, it's inappropriate. So, uh, should we go on to number three, or should we uh, take a commercial break? And we are back from that beautiful, oh, that commercial break was just so amazing. Uh, uh. Uh, uh, but so now we're on to our third story of the stolen Banksies, uh, which is uh, what, Ryan? It is the sad girl. The sad girl was uh, painted on the door of the Bad Clan in memory of the 90 people killed and 413 people that were injured. And the worst of the Friday 13th massacres. So I looked into it as like, you know, it's the 13th of November. And I was like, man, something about this just sounds like it has to be Friday the 13th. So I looked up what day of the week, uh, November 13th, 2015 was. And you better fucking believe it. It was Friday the 13th. Happened in 2015. 2015, 15? the attacks were, and then the Banksy piece was Happened 18. Happened in 18. Okay. And then, okay. I mean, the attacks were in, I mean, it's Several in, cities, is that what we're saying? Yeah, yeah jihadist uh, attacks that hit several sites around the same city. But this piece was specific because it was on the door of the uh, concert venue that led to a narrow side street that kind of all the people fled through. Yeah. During one of the concert attacks. Yeah. And I mean, like, for all these people to escape on a narrow side street, like, it's pretty fucking crazy. Again, very often, people's health, safety, and welfare is put behind profits in the equation of building a location. True. And speaking of profits, somebody wanted to get a profit off of this piece. So, we're going to get into uh, how they got it. The theft occurred in January of 2019, seven months after the painting appeared on the door. According to the French authorities, a group of hooded individuals armed with angle grinders. What? Yeah, literally handheld. An angle grinder is a construction tool. Yeah. Yeah. It's It's like a handheld thing. Like and a small like disc blade on the end of like a two hand. They knew what they were doing. Like, yeah, I mean, like. So they arrived at the venue at dawn and cut the door off its hinges using these electric uh, tools, plugged into a mobile power source. It took them only ten minutes to break open the security entrance and remove the door with the Banksy piece on. Like <laughs> what? Basically, the way that they did it is they pulled up in a fucking unmarked van. They got out and they had grinders and they just grinded at the hinges of the door. And then once the hinges of the door were grinded off, they could just kind of take, take the, the door, door off, throw it in the van. And then, I mean, so here's the funny thing. This is a kind of a reoccurring thing. Uh, that piece on the door, it was protected by what? Plexiglass once again. They put plexiglass over it so nobody would be able to paint over the piece. But they didn't think about the fact that these motherfuckers are just going to come up and yank the fucking door off of the whole building. All right, conspiracy (laughs) theory time. 
Uh, Banksy is just a way for big plexiglass to pedal. All right, so the men who stole the work had arrived outside of the venue at 4 a.m. the day of the robbery. They then headed to the side of the concert venue uh, where survivors had fled the attack in 2015. Yes. The security uh, footage had showed three men in masks exiting a white van, like John has said, who's uh, had disguised or couldn't see their license plate. They just wrong angle. I don't know. It was. I mean, you know, uh, you just cover it with some sort of whatever, and then you can't see it. But like these guys that stole this, they, it's not like they were like pros, you know. No, they, like, they, they, well, as we find out, got the police did some investigation and went down the line, found out where they bought their electric tools and all the sources of. What their- do you mean, bought the electric tools? Also, like security footage, the whole, the whole UK, all of London is under security footage. So they have the images of these people and they're all, you know, I like hiding their identity. But like, dude, these cops go. And they say, oh, hmm, we have another crime we should investigate. There's a hardware store that just got robbed for a bunch of angle grinders and a (laughs) fucking generator. Huh. I wonder if this has anything to do with it. Let's connect the two. So they kind of knew who they had, right? What'd they do after that? They were prosecuted. Boom, boom, boom. These oh, guys I thought were they were. Caught. I thought they were put. Uh, I thought the suspects were put under phone surveillance. Got him. So, like, they kind of figured out who was in that area, who was in the other area, robbing the hardware store. So they put them under phone surveillance to, like, you know, just kind of keep an eye on them. Like, probably the same kind of phone surveillance that Mackley's under right now from the Russians. But then this ended up leading them to Italy, where this piece was stolen from France, and then it ends up in Italy. So they were placed under that surveillance by Italy, and they eventually get caught by the police there. And the three men involved are each jailed for 10 months and a 58-year-old Italian guy that owns the hotel that it all happens at just kind of becomes the temporary owner of it because they're like, all right, you hold on to this. We're going to come back for it. Which one of you guys is going to come back for it? Don't worry about it. <laughs> and he caught time. Yeah. It, they receive a six months suspended. The old Italian man who owns the hotel or is temporarily restored received six months for that, uh, just being the housing guy for it. I mean, we were just talking the the three people involved in transporting the item were jailed for 10 months. And the dude who held it at his facility got six months. But then the three men that were in their 30s who admitted to the theft were given prison sentences. One of uh, four years and two of three years. But 
it must have been their first offense. You know, a real, uh, if you guys listen to Trailer Park or watch Trailer Park Boys, a real Corey and Trevor situation. So, like, yeah, they got popped for it, but they just got, you know, a sentence they could wear a little tracking bracelet instead of going behind bars. House arrest. <laughs> House arrest. But there was a 41-year-old millionaire. Uh, he's a millionaire because he won the lottery. Also a street art fan. Also accused of being the mastermind of the heist. Was given three years for handling stolen goods. And uh, judges found the allegation unproven. And his sentence will also be uh ankle bracelet. So, like, they didn't win, but did they truly lose? Whoa. Oh, what the fuck is happening? You hear that, uh, Ryan? Yeah. He's okay. All right. Mackley has been brought into space by the Russian government. He's being tortured. Mackley, talk to us. <laughs> Do you see any colors, Alex? <laughs> Can you see a license plate number? Anything? What do their heads look like? What color are they? <laughs> All right, we gotta stop this. We gotta do something. About this. No, no, no. He's 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 speaking to us from another galaxy, Ryan. This is a very rare opportunity we have. Uh. Mackley, who is the leader of that uh, of where you are? Can you take us to the leader of who is probing you? <laughs> How hard are you being probed, Mackley? Oh, my God. Right. What is happening? And we'll be back with more alien talk. After this commercial break from the Doe Show. And we're back. Guys, I thank you for we did it. We we contacted other universes. We did it. We talked to aliens. And I think now we have they really Mackley. liked the uh alien episode of the doe show you are all welcome thank you yes thank you so much we've contacted the aliens gods we did it alex took one for the team took one for the team don't ask what they made me do or i was about to say still me we're not we're still going to work through that as a team at this point i have some insurances you guys uh listening to the podcast you can't see the video we're looking at uh Mackley is only showing from the shoulder up for a good reason. Mangled. It's just mangled. It's mangled. It's almost like Joseph Mangled. Talking about people being mangled. Let's go back to Ukraine. (laughs) 
So the mural is uh, we're going back the to mural. the start of this. The mural, and I'm <laughs> again mural. mangled, mangled, and it's really hard to focus on talking. Johnny, you're welcome. With my dying breaths here. I die on the dough show today. Um, but so it's was created as there are some other ones as well by Banksy in the region following Russia's uh, invasion. And the head of the Kiev regional military is said, uh, quoted as saying that they were detained on the spot and that the mural is undamaged. And then this is a direct quote from him is, I want to emphasize that Banksy's works in, I want to emphasize that Banksy's works in the Kiev region are under protection from the police. After all, these images are a symbol of our struggle against the enemy. These are the stories about the support and solidarity of the entire, entire civilized world with Ukraine. Let's do it. Everything to preserve the works of street art as a symbol of our future victory. He said. Um, regional authorities, um, regional authorities, Ukrainian regional authorities, um, the local community and representatives from Ukraine's Ministry of Culture and Information. Again, it starts to change and warp. There's too many that want a seat. I only got so many seats. But uh, Bordoryanka, Bordoryanka, sorry, was hit particularly hard by Russian airstrikes at the start of the invasion of Ukraine in February, with many buildings being reduced to piles of rubble by long-range attacks. It's an artillery war this time around. Yes. So these motherfuckers went into Ukraine, stole Banksy piece, and then Banksy was like, "Well, tried to. I I did like tried to, yes, true, tried to." But if you see the photos, like, uh, uh, so they had like a we'll call it like a brick wall. Imagine a brick wall with like a little concrete slap kind of thing over it, right? So just like a covering over the brick wall. Banksy did his piece on that wall. These people came in, tried to peel the outside layer off of the wall, were caught, and then stopped. But the piece was still peeled off the wall. What they're saying is that we kept that peeled piece off of the wall, and we're keeping it safe. But then he did seven or eight other pieces in Ukraine that have not been stolen. And we'll be back talking about the Banksy stolen that we enjoy. And we're back with the Doe Show, Banksy stolen items, and we're here. We're in Toronto now. We've been in Bethlehem, we've been in Ukraine, France, now we're in Canada. All right, so in Toronto, the police investigated a report that a Banksy artwork was stolen from an exhibit that was curated by the artist's former agent in 2018. And this former agent was Steve uh, Lazarides. 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 We, we had this issue the last, the last episode. episode. I know, I know. We talked <laughs> about this. Um, 
But he curated the event and was not endorsed by the artist himself. And when he was asked what he thought Banksy would say about this uh, rather unauthorized show, he said he felt Banksy would prefer his work to be displayed rather than be stored in a collector's basement somewhere. But things get weirder when you actually watch this video that was uh, released by the police that shows the man pretty much just walking in, covering his face up a little bit, and walking out, stealing a $45,000 piece called, uh, it was the Trolley Hunters. Yeah, trolley meaning like shopping cart trolley and hunters meaning hunters and that's it for our four-week training class <laughs> i mean also like it says forty-five thousand dollar banksy piece like Who's that's just I, exactly that's just made up you know obviously once the piece was stolen it became way more rare so it probably jumped up to like a hundred k or something like that did the prices jump all around but when when you watch this video Pretty much looks like Pink Panther, like a cartoon. He just tiptoes in, grabs it really it off does. the wall, and then tiptoes out. <laughs> is, yes. Have you played the is, tiptoe like thumps? Just the violin plucks. Uh dude, that's that's so perfect because like you don't see like a window break and like a guy in like a hooded mask come in it's a guy that walks in that just literally takes his hoodie over his nose and like walks through yeah he like he walks through an open door and then goes in and then just blink, takes the piece off the wall and just like literally blink, 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 blink. like he's like like tiptoeing back out of the building but to this day it is unclear uh who owns the stolen piece and we're back with more do show stuff uh number six banksy stolen was the drinker the drinker the nod to the thinker eh yes obviously a nod to the thinker i drink and i know things the famous statue of a man lost in thought. Uh, his chin resting on his hand. Everybody knows this one. Everyone knows yeah. that sculpture. But Banksy's sculpture was a little bit different. It was a similar posture, and uh, the man seemed to have slumped over in a uh, drunken state. And then he had a traffic cone on his head. Uh, a la a dunce cap, I would imagine, right? And well, we're in London now, right? Central London, yeah. So this piece was like dropped in a couple different places in central London. And then one place that it was dropped, someone... Um, I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but someone just fucking grabbed it. Someone just took it. And, like, that was kind of totally legal. So it was left in a small square in central London in 2004 
with no permission. You know, it's not like he called the city and said, hey, can I put this here? I'm trying to do an art piece, anything like that. And it eventually ended up in the most posh auction house in London, which is Sotheby's. And that was not so right, I guess. Like, I mean, it was on sale for like 750,000 euros to like a million euros. Like the most expensive thing that would be on sale at Sotheby's, which is like literally the most fancy fucking auction house in the UK. And the question came up like, how did this piece make it from the streets of London in 2004 to this auction house 15 years later. The way that you can figure that out, you have to kind of get to know the, you have to get to know the original thief of the piece. And like thief is a very relative term. So this guy's name is Andy Link. He is the leader of a art art group called Art Qaeda, like Al Qaeda, but Art Qaeda. And it's an arto political humorous movement. And uh, it's led by Andy Link. He's a, uh, a Leeds uh, hooligan. If you ever seen the movie Green Street Hooligan, you know, like the soccer firms are a thing. He was one of them. He supported art early in his day, late in his day. Uh, he was an acid house promoter. He, like, ran raves in the UK. This dude sounds like a crazy time. Yeah, a good time. <laughs> Seems like a good guy. He also produced porn. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> but he, his name was AK-47, and the using of the name of the Soviet rifle uh, and the military tactics of it of this shock and sudden assault. AK-47 had the Art-Qaeda group. And uh, I just want to say their uh, Art-Qaeda, their tagline was take the piss. Which, if you know, like, English terms, it's just fucking great. It's like, fuck you, make the joke, take the piss. Um uh, I mean, like the Banksy thing kind of goes back a little bit with him. And it's it's hard to say whether this like whole story is like a I'm getting you back for something you did to me kind of thing. But Banksy left that piece out in broad daylight. And Andy Link and a crew of people showed up in a flatbed truck with high-vis jackets, uh, hard helmets on. They just lifted the thing onto the truck and then brought it back to Andy's well, they, house. They, they dressed up probably like they owned it, you know? If you fake it till you make it, they showed up in construction uniforms and moved this piece that has been moving around the city. Everyone's like, oh, it's moving again. He took it back in like a... He put it into a warehouse for like a couple weeks. And then after that, it was like, well, where are we going to put this? And you would think like someone who would steal a Banksy would like keep it super secret, put it somewhere where no one would find it. That wasn't the case. 
He he didn't technically steal it though, like you said. Exactly. He did not technically steal it. So he put it in his back garden. So when he took the piece, he uh notified the police and then told them that this uh thing had been abandoned on the street, and he went through literal finders, keepers, losers, weepers laws. A lot of these these Banksy heists are not done in a very professional manner. Uh, that is true. It's pretty much just dudes pulling up with trucks and like, yeah, throw it in, dude. Throw it in. Let's go. <laughs> very redneck in their methodology. So after a while, no one came to claim the statue as their own because obviously if Banksy were to come to the police and be like, hey, this is legally mine. He's given up his identity. Um, so a lot of people think that Andy Link took that statue just for money. Uh, and that was not the case. Because Andy Link has done a lot of different crazy things like that. And it's not so much about the money for this dude. It's more about the story. It's about being in the center of something going on. Like, he's the type of person who's like, any press is good press. And how did this start? Well, it all started in Banksy's early days. And uh, local street artists would sell pieces in shops or, you know, anything like that. Try to and make a living is what you're saying. What'd you say? They're, they're, they're just trying to make a living. Yeah, just trying to make a couple bucks, doing what they do. And uh, Andy was always a collector of art and a supporter of small-time local street artists, including Banksy. So there's one place Banksy was selling uh, one of his pieces, some of his pieces, and he had one of it and then another one of it, but the second one had his autograph on it, Banksy, signed. So Andy Link was like, I am going to buy the one that is not signed, but I want to have Banksy sign it for me, like personally to me personally. So he goes through like a friend of a friend of a friend who knows Banksy. Uh, and Banksy basically responds back, get fucked. You cheap fucking wanker. Like you fucking South side England, fucking cheap fuck get fucked. And, um, Andy took that a little personally. For a you, second, though. You don't call someone a wanker over the pond if you're not trying to start something. He took it offensively for a bit, right? Like, but then after that, like, it's not like he stole this Banksy piece to get back at him for that. Like, he didn't want an apology. He didn't want money. He just wanted respect like he looked at Banksy as I'm trying to help you as a young artist and you threw it back in my face you're no better than I and I'm no better than you so he just wanted like some sort of I don't know here you go hey we're cool shit like that but he didn't get it so being from Art Qaeda, he uh, 
want to get into a little recklessness, a little fuckery. Shenanigans. A little shenanigans. And uh, he did. His the, Art Kaida's slogan is take the piss. So he did that. He took the piss. And then what? How many years later? Went legal about it. He sued him. And uh, last I heard, he's still in litigation. So they still can't sell that uh, piece because he's still in litigation for it. 